one of the pastors here, and we've been continuing in our series from surviving to thriving, right? And uh, we've been talking about a number of different words that start with the letter F, and this morning we're going to be talking about forgiveness. And you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I thought this was going to be an easy message to preach because I've preached on forgiveness before. God, I got a lot of notes, like I'm ready. And I got into it, usually I take Wednesdays as my day to prepare, and then maybe a little bit more on Fridays, and then on Saturdays before coming on a Sunday. And, and Wednesday, man, it was a struggle. I, we had staff on Thursday this week, not on Tuesday, and usually as a staff, we pray for who's ever preaching. And I told them, guys, I'm struggling. I'm really wrestling with this concept of forgiveness. And you might think, Greg, you've been a Christian for how long, and you're wrestling with the concept of forgiveness? Yeah, it, it, was, it was a struggle to get here this morning, but I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for what God is bringing and what he's put on my heart. But I, I guess I want to start off this morning with a little bit of a caveat. You know, there's, there's always a time where we look at God's word on a Sunday morning, but if you ever hear God's word coming just from the messenger and you judge the messenger, so, so let, me, let me expose something this morning. If you would hear us talk about God's word on forgiveness. And at some point this morning, you say, well, that's easy for Greg to say because he hasn't lived the life I've lived. Yeah, you know what? You're going to miss what God has. And, and I don't want to see anybody miss what God has. You're right. I haven't lived your life. You don't, you don't really know what I've lived, right? So, so like, don't judge me and I'm not going to judge you. But, but this morning, if we could all take God's word and, and hold it off to the side, it's not I'm trying to say what I've lived through is harder than you or, or what you lived through is harder than me. We're, we're all looking at God's word together. What does this word say about forgiveness? And how do I apply that to my life, right? That's, that's my heart. And, and I don't want anyone to miss what God has for us today. So could we just agree together in prayer regarding that? Father, we, we come to you today, Lord, and I know that you've got something for us today. God, we want to get a hold of what you have. We don't want anything to get between us and you today, Jesus. Lord, so let us see your word for the truth that it is. Let us see your word and, and let your spirit personalize it to each one of us. God, we receive your word today to bring healing, to bring health, to bring freedom, to bring deliverance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm already crying. We haven't even started. It's a good Sunday. All right, so the title of my message this morning is, Do I Have To? Right, how many times have, have maybe when you've tried to teach your kids about forgiveness, you try to tell, you know, little Johnny to say sorry to, to little Susie, and Johnny goes, do I have to? Right, or Susie goes, do I have to? Yeah, you know, if we're honest, so, someone agrees with me. Thank you for that amen. A little girl in the back said amen. Um, but, you know, if we're honest this morning, as a adults, we say, do I have to? Like, God, do I have to forgive that person? It's easy sometimes when, when others, like, yeah, you forgive me all day long. Bring it on. I love it. I'm, I'm glad that you listen for my, for my heart, not for my words at times. Like, I thank you for your forgiveness. And then, like, you do something to me and I got to forgive you. And I'm like, do I have to? So, I, you know, I want to look this morning into to, uh, a question that Peter asked of Jesus where he said to Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive? But before we get into that story, I just saw a quote this, this week in, in Nikki Gumbel's devotional. I thought it was very appropriate. It's from C.S. Lewis. It says, everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Right? And isn't that the truth? Like, oh, forgiveness, what a lovely idea. Oh, I got to forgive? No, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't want to do that. 
So uh, we're going to start reading this morning in Matthew 18, verse 21. It's from the New Living Translation if you want to find it. And it starts in verse 21 saying this, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Now, Peter was coming to the Lord feeling like, man, this is such a good question. Like, God is going to think so good of me as I ask this question. Because here's the deal. The Pharisees taught people that they should forgive three times. So Peter's taking what the Pharisees taught, he's doubling it, and he's adding one more. It's kind of like going beyond the double dog dare you to the triple dog dare you. Like he's given so generous to the Lord. Lord, how many times should we forgive? Seven times? And Jesus comes back with this answer that is so ludicrous. No one could have ever imagined. Jesus goes, not seven times, but 70 times seven. All right, so, so just think about the math for a minute. Suppose someone, a friend of yours, lied to you. And you needed to forgive them of that lie. Okay, you know what? I, I could probably do that. I could probably forgive you. You apologize. You apologize nice. Like you jumped through a bunch, enough hoops, and I'm going to forgive you. And now suppose you lied to me once a week, and I needed to forgive you once a week. To get to 70 times 7, I'd be forgiving you for the next nine and a half years. Right? That's a long time, isn't it? Once a week for the next nine and a half years, that's 70 times 7. Jesus why would you say something so dramatic? Like, was it just for effect? Jesus doesn't do things for effect. We know that. So let's continue on with this parable, right? So Jesus now is going to tell them a story. And, and we know, just like with the parable of the talents, there's a meaning for us in this story. And, and this story is about forgiveness, but it's for each of us to receive, right? So, so going on in, in Matthew 18, 23, it says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who would borrow money from him. And in the process, one of his debtors was bought in who owed him millions of dollars. And he couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife and his children and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I'll pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. Isn't that a great story? Right, so who is the master in the story? Our Heavenly Father. He's the master. And who owes him millions of dollars? So much money that we, we, can't, we can't pay the debt. It's us. It's me. It's you. We're, we're like that servant that owed him millions of dollars. And we go before him. We're like, Master, please forgive me. And the master has every right to throw us in prison. But he chooses not to. He chooses not to. He chooses to forgive us of our debt. You know, and, and as I looked at that, millions of dollars, like you don't incur millions of dollars worth of debt in a day, right? At least I don't think so, unless you're going to Las Vegas or something and betting on one. Do you hear somebody bet on Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl, a $2.3 million bet? I, I was just amazed. It's the largest bet Vegas has ever gotten on a Super Bowl. That's just, that's for free, not in my notes. Um, but the man owed the master millions of dollars. You know, and, and something I want us to see this morning is that forgiveness is not free. It's not easy, right? There, the, the essence of forgiveness is this. There's an offense, and that offense creates an obligation that's got to be satisfied. Like, there is a ledger. Whether you like it or not, there's a ledger, and it's like there's a debt. Someone's got to pay this debt. 
and the man can't pay the debt, but the master chooses to forgive the debt. And instead, what the master's doing is he's releasing obligation and he's taking the debt on himself. The ledger was balanced. It was balanced with a loss that the master had to, to lose the $3 million. He effectively paid it to himself and he, and he comes out negative by $3 million. So forgiveness is choosing to release the offender from the obligation and cover the expense yourself. That's what the master did for the servant. But the story doesn't end there. The story goes on and says, but when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. And he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. And his fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I'll pay it, he pleaded. And I want to say, is there an echo in here? Like, this doesn't seem like we just talked about this between the, the servant and his master, and now it's the servant and the fellow servant, except magnitude of scale different, right? The first servant owed his master, three, let's say, $3 million, right? Because it was a couple million, three? Couple, $3 million, let's say he owed him a few thousand dollars. Let's call it $3,000. Make our math easy. What's $3,000 percentage-wise of $3 million? Anybody quick with math? 1%. 1% is all this, this servant owed, the fellow servant, from what the servant had been forgiven. 1%. And the servant's like, no, go to prison until you can pay me back. Wow. Like, that doesn't make any sense, does it? I'm astounded by that. Like, but, but, but wait, wait. Like, if you want to point a finger at this servant, just remember, how many are pointing back at you? Right? Don't point a finger at this servant. But that's what he says. So, so the story continues. He says, but his creditor wouldn't wait. And he had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. And when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. And they went to the king and told him everything that had happened. And the king called in the man whom he had forgiven and said, you evil servant. I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as he had mercy on you? Wow. Yeah, shouldn't he? Like, I think we would all agree. He should have. And then Jesus ends with this. The angry king, who's the Lord, sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. And now here's the zinger, verse 35. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Oh, God, why did you have to say it like that? Like I could, I would love to rewrite this verse in the Bible. Here's what I would like to say. That's what your heavenly father, no, let me get it right. Um, I, I would rather have it said, this is what your heavenly father wants you to do to others as much as you can. Right, wouldn't it be a lot easier as much as you can? But no, he's, he ties it directly. That's what my heavenly father will do to you. He will throw you into prison to be tortured until you can pay the last debt, which you're never going to be able to pay unless you forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. So I look at this question this morning and I'm like, I thought forgiveness was unconditional. I thought forgiveness had no limit. I, I thought, I, I didn't think I, I came to the Lord and, and he was conditional in his love. No, God's love is is unconditional for me. But I look at this and it looks very conditional, doesn't it? It looks like, okay, if you don't do this, then I'm not going to do that. That to me is a condition. And I'm like, God, this is messing with my theology. 
Like, I, I don't know what to do. I thought I understood forgiveness, and now I'm confused. And I'm going to preach on Sunday morning. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us all. So, so I looked at this, and, you know, there's times that we read something in the Bible we don't understand it. Ever happened to you? Right? Here's one. And I looked at this. I wasn't understanding it. And now you may be familiar with this statement. Let the Bible interpret the Bible. Right? So, so when I don't understand it, I don't try to theorize and come up with my own plan for what it means. I, I look to what does the rest of the Bible have to say about forgiveness? And God, would you reveal by your Holy Spirit, what is this saying to me? What is this saying to us? So I want to explore and go on a little bit of a journey with you to answer this question, do I have to forgive? Like, is it really tied to how I forgive others is how I'm forgiven? That, I don't like that tie. And, and we see this scripture in Matthew 6, 12, right? The disciples recognized. They, they had been taught to pray. They'd grown up in the temple. But they see Jesus praying. They're like, he prays like no one else I've ever seen pray. We, we all know people like that, right? You watch him pray and you're like, whoa, that person knows how to pray. And they came to him and they said, Jesus, teach us to pray. So Jesus is teaching them the Lord's Prayer. And, and we've all grown up likely reciting the Lord's Prayer. And I'm sure this is going to be familiar, this part in Matthew 6, 12. It says, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Again, it looks conditional. What? I'm to be forgiven as I forgive others. So what happens if I don't forgive others? Then I'm not going to be forgiven. Right? You with me? And now Matthew 5, 23 and 24 says this, kind of adding a little salt to the wound maybe. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. What? Like I didn't even do anything wrong in this scripture. I just, someone else did something wrong to me and now I got to go make it right with them. How is that fair? That doesn't make any sense. Right, so, so if you're married, maybe you can relate to this story. Do you ever have this happen with your spouse, like where, where something happens, something is said, and you're like, yeah, I, I didn't do anything. They did, they did it wrong. It wasn't me. But now you're walking in silence, right? You're on eggshells. You're, you're kind of, you know, not really talking about anything except the weather and, you know, high-level high stuff because you're, like, waiting for that person to come and apologize to you, of course, right? It was their fault, so not that this ever happens between Meg and I, but usually Meg is, is not the offender. <laughs> I'm the offender. But we're walking on eggshells. So, so who's going to break the silence? What does the scripture say? Either one of us should go. Like, it doesn't matter if you think you did anything wrong. If you know there's an offense, you need to go make it right. So now, husbands, I want to lay one on you. All right? God calls the man the leader in the relationship. You know, if I want to be a leader, right, i got to be the first one. I'm going to pick, pick up the baton and I'm going to go, right? So, so in my family, what I've tried to do, if we're ever walking on eggshells, I don't care if I think it was my fault or if it was Meg's fault. It doesn't matter. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to go break the silence. I'm going to go raise. Wh- hey, what is going on here? Like, let's talk about this. I, I know you feel it. I feel it. I don't like what I'm feeling. I don't want to walk on eggshells. Why do we? Do you ever walk on eggshells? It's an awful feeling, isn't it? Why do we allow ourselves to do that? Just go make it right. Just go bring up the topic and, and make it right. We can do that, but it takes one of us in the relationship. And in this scripture, it doesn't matter if you think you're the, you're the one in the right or the one in the wrong. This scripture says, you could have been right. But if I know Jessica's got something against me, even if it's what Jessica did, I got to go to her. I got to suggest, let's talk about this. We, we can work this out. So do I have to forgive? 
So I'm reading these scriptures. It's like, I do have to forgive. So, so now I want to ask myself, well, well, God, what else does the Bible say about forgiveness? And I find this. Forgive as Jesus forgives is the theme. Ephesians 4.32 says, forgive each other just as Christ forgave you. Okay, I, I like that. Jesus forgives me generously, but I got to forgive others in the same way. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. You know, so, so on the one hand, it looks like God's forgiven me unconditionally. I need to forgive others. And, and then on the other hand, it looks like there's a condition that it's only as I forgive others that I'm forgiven, right? And I'm like, okay, God, well, which one is it? Is it this one or is it this one? And, and I'm kind of an either-or guy. Like, you gave me two, two ideas and it's either-or, right? But sometimes when we come to the Lord, God is a both-and. He, he's not an either-or. He's both-and. And, and maybe one way I can explain this is if I showed you my Bible and I said, hey, describe what you see, you'd say, okay, I see, like, you know, a brown cover and, and I see a fish on the front. And now I'm looking at this Bible going, I don't see a fish. I see pages. Like, what are you talking about? You see brown. This isn't brown at all. It's like a gold color. See, we're both looking at the same thing, but we're describing it from different angles. And and as we come and we approach the Lord, we sometimes try to approach things as an either or. And God is like, no, it's a both and. Don't don't miss what I'm saying because you got hung up on this side. Look at everything that I'm saying and put them all together because there's a picture that I want to create. There's something I want to help you to understand. So if we're supposed to forgive like Jesus forgives, so, so just how did Jesus forgive? And probably the most notable time in Scripture we can look at when Jesus forgave is, is when he was getting ready to go to the cross and forgive all of us, right? So, so we start off in, in Mark 14. This is is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. They'd had the, the Last Supper. They went to the Mount of Olives. And, and now the weight of what's going to happen the next day, his crucifixion is coming upon him, and he's taking time to pray. And he says, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything's possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Right? Jesus is in agony. If you, if you read this account, it says he was dripping sweats of blood, right? Like sweating sweats of blood, that's, that's gross. That's agony. That's, you know, real intensity. And the next day on the cross in Luke's account, what Jesus says is, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Right? Did, did the Roman soldier ask Jesus, Jesus, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? I don't remember that. I don't remember the mob turning on him saying, Jesus, we're sorry we put you up there. We, we're, we're wrong. My bad. No, no one said sorry to Jesus that day. Jesus just generously offered it to them all and offered it to all mankind. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And, and we're supposed to forgive like Jesus forgave. Just remember that point. So, so what was happening here in the Mark 14, you know, from the Garden of Gethsemane, to, to the next day, what, what was happening? I believe this is what we're seeing in how Jesus forgave. He was wrestling in private with the Father before he was able to forgive in public the next day. You know, and I'm not saying this is the way it's always got to be in forgiveness, right? But, but sometimes forgiveness is really hard. And, it's, and this was hard for Jesus. It wasn't like, oh yeah, lickety split, man. We're just going to forgive everybody. No problem. We got this. Jesus is like, oh, God, is there any other way? Like, I don't want to have to be separate. I don't want to have to do this, God. 
But then the next day, he's, he's worked it through in private with the Father, and now the next day, this incredibly generous, incredibly merciful statement comes out of his mouth. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And I think there's a model for us in here that, that sometimes we need to forgive like Jesus forgave. And it's not going to be easy. But, but I, I see something in these two, these two senses of it's conditional. I need to forgive others. Or God's going to forgive me as I forgive others. And, and yet, I'm going to forgive really generously, right? So, so I, I want to look at some of these things that I brought up here. These are sins that if people have committed against me. So maybe someone's betrayed my confidence. And you know what? I'm holding on to that. I, you just, you blew it. You blew it so bad, I can't forgive you right now. And then I've got a secondary offense. How many people know that sometimes secondary offenses are worse? Like, I might be able to forgive you, but you did that to my wife. I'm never going to forgive you for hurting my wife. Like, you don't come near my wife, right? The secondary offense sometimes can be even harder to forgive. This one's a misunderstanding. Okay, it's middle. Sometimes oh, a little misunderstanding. Like, it's not so hard to forgive, but I'm going to stick it on top of all of them. And now I've got my big kahuna here, hurtful words and actions. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words really do hurt. It's not that words don't hurt me. Words, words really do hurt. They hurt us more than we think. So these are the things I'm holding on to. But boy, this is what I want. I want God's forgiveness to me. Right? But God's forgiveness, man, it, it's big. It's bouncy. Right? This is God's forgiveness. I want it. I need it. I want him to give it generously to me. And now I come to the Father, and I'm holding on to all the things, all the hurts that, I, that I've picked up along the way that people have done to me. I'll just leave that one there. You get the idea. So I'm holding on to all the hurts. And I'm like, God, I need you to forgive me of my sin. And the Lord's like, I want you to receive my forgiveness. I don't, I don't think I can grab that. I can't grab a hold of God's forgiveness right now. Why? Because my arms are full. Right? So when God says, I'll forgive you as you forgive others, he's not trying to be punitive. It's like if you don't forgive others, you won't be able to receive my forgiveness. Like that's what God wants us to see. I, I've got to let all these things go if I'm going to be able to pick up his forgiveness for me. See what I'm saying, right? So, so there's times where we come before the Lord and when God says, hey, it's the same way you forgive others that I'm going to forgive you. What he's meaning by that is you can't hold on to these things in your heart and receive his forgiveness. It's just impossible. You've got to lay him down to do that. So maybe I can put it in another way. For us to receive forgiveness, we've got to go to the cross. Amen? We've got to see Jesus on the cross, and, and we know that we can receive his forgiveness. There's generous mercy. There's grace that's undeserved. But now there's this link between receiving and granting forgiveness. That, that Where do I have to go when I want to grant forgiveness? I've got to go to the same cross. God, I'm, I'm only going to be able to forgive as you forgave if I go to your cross and I get the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Right? I, I can't do it. You can't do it. And that's why we probably failed because we try to do it in our own strength. So when I recognize there's a relationship between receiving and granting, it all meets up at the cross. 
That's where we have to go. If you want to grant forgiveness, you've got to see the cross and see what Jesus did and know that, okay, the same way he forgave, forgave us, we've got to forgive others. That's why God puts it together so that we would see we're coming up different sides of the hill maybe to get to the cross, but it's all, it all meets at the cross. So now I want to get practical for a minute. When asking for forgiveness, how, how do we ask for forgiveness? Right? A lot of times when I need to ask for forgiveness, it's because I've been in maybe an argument, right? And, and I don't want the argument to continue. I, I want to I put this to bed. I want to ask for forgiveness. But if I would come to someone and say, hey, if I've done anything to offend you, please forgive me. That's pretty lame. Let's just call it for that. It's lame to say that. Because what I'm really saying is, hey, get over it. I'm really not that sorry. But I, I just want to like, move this whole ball down the field a little bit. So I'm, I'm coming and apologizing to you. No, if, if you really want to ask for forgiveness, apologize like this. Will you forgive me for? And then lay it out. What have you done? How many times do you try to teach your kids to, to say sorry? And they go, sorry. What are you sorry for? I don't know. Mom told me to say sorry. Right? But we do that. <laughs> we laugh, but yet we do that. What are we sorry for? Like, let's take some ownership. And, and, and please, don't go down this path. Well, you know what? I know I spoke some words that were really hurtful, but I was really stressed out that day, and it was so hard for me. Like, you have no idea what happened. And then we get into us and, and all the excuses about why we did what we did instead of just saying, you know what? Like, I blew it, and I sinned, and I'm, and I'm wrong, and I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? And would you pray for me? And I'm not going to promise I'm never going to do it again because I might, because I'm a sinner, saved by grace. But, but I'm sorry for this time. And let's own it when we come and ask for forgiveness. Granting forgiveness in the same way is kind of like the opposite side of the coin. It isn't easy. I, I think sometimes I'd rather apologize than grant forgiveness because it's, it's I don't know, granting forgiveness is hard. But God granted forgiveness generously. And there was times where we saw in the life of Jesus, he had to do it in private before he could do it in public. He worked it out with the Father. And then I have this comment, do I have to forgive and forget? Like seriously, is that in the Bible anywhere that you, you know, to forgive you have to forget? So here's a tour for you. Jeremiah 31, 34 says, I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. That's how God forgives. Psalm 103.12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That's how, that's how much God loves us, that he would forgive us like that. It's like if you know computers at all, you got the delete key. And where does delete go? It goes into the cache memory. You can still find what you deleted, but then there's the control-alt-delete. Like, that just wipes it. It's not there at all. God does this control wall delete. We might do delete. It's still there when I want it, right? I can go find it. Just my wastebasket, it's still there. But control wall delete, it's gone. And now, you know, here's where I struggle. Okay, if this was a big deal, like, I wrestle with, can I really say I'm forgiving you when I'm still remembering everything that you did? Like, that's hard to forget. And... And I, and I think the reality is, is like this. God tells us in his word he wants us to be holy as, he ho- as he's holy. He even says, I want you to be perfect as I'm perfect. Right? We see that on one side. But then in 1 John 1, it tells us, hey, if you say you have no sin in you, 
you're a liar because you have sin. So confess your sin and he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So we see both sides of the statement, right? And I think the same way in granting forgiveness and trying to forget. We're human. I'm not going to forget. You, you wrong me, I'll probably remember, but I, I still need to be like the master. I still need to choose to forgive you. And I'm going to allow the forgetting part to, to, to rest with the Lord. I'm, I'm not going to stress myself out over, oh my gosh, I remembered it again. I, I've got to let it go. I've got to let it go. No, I'm going to forgive like the master did. And then leave the forgetting to him. So I was, I was talking with Meg yesterday as, as I was finishing up. And I'm like, Meg, I need an example of this. Like, I don't know that I've really had to work through forgiveness. And she's like, oh, I remember a time. And she reminded me of something that, oh my gosh, I had really forgotten this. But when our kids were younger, I remember getting a call one day at work. And Meg told me that she had just learned from one of our kids that they were sexually assaulted. And uh, like you get this call at work, what, you, can you, what can you even do? I'm like two minutes from going into another meeting that I'm leading. Like, you know, so I just went about the rest of my day and I got home that night and, and I was numb. And then the next day it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm, I'm the dad. How did I let this happen? Like, where did the train go off the tracks? Like, I'm supposed to be the protector of my family and I let down. I let down my guard. So this ensued a process of getting the police involved and going through counseling, not only for the child, but for us. Like, it was, it was a process to work through this. But I can tell you this. Like, there came a day when not only we had to work it through with the father, but we worked it through with the person. And, and forgiveness was there. And you know what? We were so set free. I remembered it plenty then. But until Meg reminded me of it the other day, I'd really forgotten about it. It's amazing. How can, God, how could you do that? Granting forgiveness, it's, it's not easy. Granting forgiveness, it doesn't mean we're not going to feel pain. It doesn't mean we're going to forget right away. Right? So, so don't hold on to it that you've got to forget to forgive. No, you forgive first and, and let God take care of the forgetting. But forgiveness can be a process. I, I do believe as Jesus wrestled in the garden, it starts with the choice. Just like the master chose to forgive the certain, it wasn't he was letting them all free. There was still an obligation. There was still a debt to be paid. But the master said, I'm going I'm to pay the debt. And when we choose to forgive, we, we do the same thing. The hurt might still be there. Tomorrow you may need to forgive all over again. But you know what? You're going to work through that. You're going to get through it. And there's freedom there's freedom on the other side of this. See, that's why Jesus says, as you forgive others, I'll forgive you, because he wants you to be free. Have you ever heard this statement? When you hold unforgiveness in your heart, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. No, silly, you drank the poison. You're going to die. They're not going to die. You've got to let it go. You've got you to put your unforgiveness. You've got to let it all go at the altar and forgive so that then you can be forgiven. So how do we move from surviving to thriving? Right? It's not a matter of if you're ever going to commit a sin or if you're ever going to need to forgive someone. It's a matter of when. Probably later this afternoon, one of those is going to happen. Right? Am I right? Granting and receiving forgiveness are linked. Hopefully today we've seen how, how they're linked and why. And, and we can all grow practically in doing both. 
You know, if I could give you all a challenge, it would be we all need to become professional forgivers. Why? Because I sin like, like no one else's business. So I need to forgive like no one. I need to be professional in how I forgive. Can we please stand together? So as we close the message this morning, here's what my prayer has been all week. That you will take a fresh look at what God's word has to say about forgiveness. And you would let the Holy Spirit personalize that for you. Right? It's not a matter of comparing, I've had worse things happen to me than Greg has had happen to him, or, or vice versa. It's a matter of looking at the Word of God, saying, okay, what's between you and God right now? Is there anything preventing you? Is there anything that you're holding on in your heart that you need to lay down at the altar? Perhaps someone you need to forgive, or something you need to let go of. Or, or maybe you're not able to receive forgiveness in the way that God would have you receive it. There's something holding you back, right? This is a day to come to the Lord and say, God, I, I need to come to the cross, both sides. I don't care if it's receiving or granting. Both sides meet at the cross. Let's come to the cross together this morning. And let's ask the Holy Spirit, if you need to get rid of something or you need to forgive someone or receive forgiveness in something, let, let the Holy Spirit tell you. So let's just take a minute. And Holy Spirit, we come before you today. And we ask, Father God, that, that you would, you just illuminate our hearts. Father, if there's an area where we need to forgive or an area where we need to be forgiven, Lord, we see that they both meet at the cross, so we come to the cross of Jesus Christ. We, we come to that place where, where you so generously gave of your life that we could be set free, and now you call us to do the same, that we can set others free and set ourselves free. So, so God, we choose like that master in the story to forgive but we don't want to hold on to unforgiveness. God, we, we choose to receive your forgiveness as well, Lord, of, of whatever regrets, whatever mistakes we have. Lord, we're not going to let that hold us back. We're going to lay that down at the altar too. So, Father, in, in Jesus' name, I speak your, your love. I speak your forgiveness to each one of us. Lord, that we can go forward today, Lord, in, in freedom, the freedom that you've called us to. Lord, we don't want to believe the lie that we're going to drink this poison and expect it to happen to someone else. We want, to, we want to be free with our forgiveness, generous, Lord, merciful, compassionate like you were. So, God, I, I thank you for your strength today. I, I pray your strength for each one to do what your spirit is asking them to do. Lord, that they meet you at the cross in a powerful way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this week, become professional forgivers. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great rest of your day.